Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Well, I'm having one of those mornings. It's almost like the clock jumped forward for absolutely no reason. Welcome to the program. He's Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker. Caleb, how are you this morning? March Madness is officially here because I don't count the conference tournaments. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Happy Monday. How are you, Dave? I'm well. I'm well. So happy Monday to you. I'll go ahead and give away the uh, big surprise as you might see things hanging up behind me. Um, yes, it is my birthday. So I yes. say I didn't even know that until I saw it on Facebook this morning. <laughs> yes, I am officially old and um getting older. My last round of the sun in the 40s. So here we go. 49 years old. I don't know how that happened, but it happened pretty quick. Caleb, though. Uh Caleb has got that Sean Connery type of look. He is uh he is a normal age, yet looks younger. I am an old age and look older. So there we go. Thank you, Raleigh. John, I appreciate it. Happy birthday. Good morning to you. And it is really March Madness. It's kind of like that first week of bowl games in December when you're kind of like, hey, yeah, this is kind of a bowl game, but it's really not. The good ones are still coming. And that's kind of what the conference tournaments are like to me. 
the ACC was the big exception when they had Duke in North Carolina. That was cool, and a lot of storylines there. And I used to watch that almost as much as the SEC tournament. But let's start with that, if we may. Yes, the SNL Sean Connery. That's not what your mother said last night, Calhoun. Um, so let's go with the – do you remember the SNL Sean Connery? Dave. I'm way too young for that. <laughs> I got some work to do in this guy. It wasn't that long ago. All right, so here we go. Hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button. If you haven't to this point, we will have Jacob Warren going up on the site today. Always have your notifications on wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast, be it YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Turn the notifications on so you know when you get the good stuff. All right, let's start with... When last we spoke, we thought that Tennessee could advance another game, maybe even two, maybe get to Sunday. All that seemed incredibly unlikely based off the way Tennessee has played with the Sakai Ziegler injury. And sure enough, that's what happened. The Vols run at the SEC tournament ended on Friday. So we're a couple days behind that before we get to the NCAA tournament and Tennessee's draw, which ain't great. Uh, let, let's talk SEC. And the way that it ended, what were your thoughts, Caleb Calhoun? The SEC tournament? Yes. Um, yes, uh, the Missouri game uh, exposed – I don't think it exposed Tennessee without a Zakai Ziegler. I mean, it somewhat did, don't get me wrong, but I think the bigger thing was it exposed something I've been ranting about all year, which is, again, Rick Barnes' commitment to the mid-range. I counted – if you looked at the numbers across the board, probably the one stat that probably hurt Tennessee the most from that game was 14 turnovers, but Missouri had 11. That's not like significant to explain a loss. What it, They shot exactly the same from three. Tennessee out-rebounded Missouri. What really stood out was Tennessee took about 11 mid-range shots, made two of them. Missouri took three mid-range shots, also made two of them. Most of Missouri's two-pointers were at the rim, and so Missouri shot so much better from the field on two-point attempts than Tennessee. And that was the difference because Tennessee, for some reason, still plays basketball like it's 1995 and the the idea that the mid-range matters. And this is going to do them in until Rick Barnes one day wakes up and accepts that this is not an efficient way of playing basketball. Well, he's he's not going to. I mean, mean, let's be honest with you. At this stage in his career, how many people just up and change everything? So I don't think he's going to do that you you can be older and be innovative Andy Reid in the NFL is still innovative but he started innovative innovative so I don't think you suddenly become innovative um, I wasn't surprised that Tennessee lost on Friday I thought it was just kind of a a matter of time and and listen there is this debate that has cropped up on our message board that, oh, well, uh, Missouri hit the mid-range jumper or this team hits mid-range jumpers and they do that. Well, that that's fine. And there may well come a day where a horse and buggy wins the Daytona 500. It may happen, but that doesn't mean it's the most efficient way to get it done. And right now, I hate analytics when it comes to certain sports like baseball, for instance, I do actually like it. I guess I like it in most sports other than baseball. I like it in football where you st- tennis, uh, teams are more aggressive about going for two. But the simple fact is analytics make more sense in basketball, in my opinion, Caleb, than any other sport. The bottom line is your best odds statistically over time 
shooting an open three. If you can't get one of those, your best odds are taking it to the rack and hopefully getting an and one. Your worst odds are the mid-range jumper. That is not a philosophical debate whether Caleb likes a 3-4 or I like a 4-3 or I like an I-formation and Caleb likes tempo. I mean, these are not debates when it comes to basketball, Caleb. These are the facts of the matter in the way that basketball is played today, period, in discussion. Yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's one of those things where 2 plus 2 equals 4. I mean – you know, percentage wise, the mid range, it is a high risk. It is the, it is a high risk, low reward shot. Um, it is a shot that is more difficult than, than shooting underneath the basket that yields the same results. And actually shooting underneath the basket yields better results. If you think about it, because you increase the likelihood, like you just said, that you'll get fouled if you go, if you shoot underneath the basket. So you're not really increasing the likelihood that you get fouled. If you pull up from mid range. Uh, on a 15 footer. And so it is ridiculous that teams still stick to this. I mean, look, the idea of the mid range was before the three point line was invented. It was, you need to kind of stretch the floor a little bit. So people have to respect your outside game. So you can go inside to 12 feet stretches the floor, but you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And once the three point line came into play, which in college basketball was the early eighties, it should have died. Then it took a lot of teams, you know, Again, coaches had to, you know, takes 30 years for coaches to figure out um, changing the changing games and or the change in rules and how to best implement them. But even still, it's ridiculous that some coaches still live and die by it. I get Rick Barnes is older. I, you would have thought that to a certain degree he would be innovative. I mean, Rick Barnes, to his credit, was very instrumental in supporting the college basketball, reducing the shot clock length from 35 to 30 seconds which I think has done so many wonders for the game. How many games did we watch back in the day, Dave, where like teams, lesser teams would just hold the ball for 30 seconds and try to keep it and try to steal the game in the end? A a lot. But here's here's the other thing philosophically about the mid-range jumper is kids don't shoot it. If you want to go, just go to a local gym this afternoon. Do a little uh, off-the-hook sports homework. Anybody that wants to go, go to a local gym go to a boys and girls club, go to whatever you want to. And you do not see anybody shooting a mid range jumper ever. They're not taught that they're not raised that way. It's the three or take it to the right. That's simple. So you're not only if, if you're trying to push that down players throats, you're not only doing something that analytically is not a good fit. You're doing something that generationally is not a good fit. They don't do it. Well, they don't. This generation of kids, they, they don't do it well. We were at the Basketball Hall of Fame on a trip here a couple of weeks ago, and I think my son shot the same from th- the three-point arc as he did goofy little mid-range jumpers because there were so many people on the floor that we couldn't get the shot we wanted. So it, it's just th- that's not going to change anytime soon. Everybody loves the three. We could debate whether or not it's good or bad for the game. It's too much scoring and all that, but this is where it's been going, and I'm almost surprised that it took probably four or five years longer than I thought. It was John Calipari who was one of the first to say this when he went to Memphis. I, I interviewed him, and he said, here's the best shot is the open three. The second best shot's taken it to the rack and get fouled. That's a long time ago when he left the NBA for Memphis. 
I mean, Caleb, that's not yesterday. This is nothing new. Yeah, not at all. And it's funny because, you know, John Calipari is, you know, he was the architect of the dribble drive, which is the whole offense is predicated on the guard at the top of the key. You take it to the rack every time. And once you're at the rack, you make a split second decision of either to dish it out to the big guy underneath, go up with a layup yourself, or kick it out to a guy for three. But that's how you do it every time. You don't really see a lot of ball movement outside. You don't really see a lot of ball movement outside of underneath the rack with John Calipari's system. And it's, and it's funny because John Calipari to me was always kind of a clone of Rick Pitino. And Rick Pitino was really the first coach that really embraced the three-point line in college basketball when he went to Kentucky in the nineties. And, and, and let me say this too, before it feels like we're ripping on the balls, cause I don't mean to do that. I understand that they do what they do and they do it very well. And that's defensive basketball. They could go against a couple of teams and make a run if they have an off-shooting night. If those other teams have an off-shooting night and Tennessee plays good defense and good fundamental half-court basketball to limit the amount of shots, things could happen. That's why it is basketball. So this is not a situation where TCU in the national championship game is going against Georgia. And you really see very little chance of TCU or even opportunity of TCU to win. I mean, we'll talk about how deep we think that Tennessee is going to go in the tournament, but it is still a tournament. So enjoy it. It, it, it is not, I don't think the best type of team to advance in the tournament. Stranger things have happened and Tennessee can take advantage of teams. If they are not having their best night shooting. They certainly can. It is time for today's tough question. It's brought to you by our friends at Zool Beer Company, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Today's tough question is now. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Zulbeer, XULbeer.com, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports, convenient parking downtown, a worldwide award winning craft beer. Tennessee, today's tough question where they seated too high, too low, just right at a four seed in the East region. And lump this together with your take on this, Caleb. They not only received the four seed, but in my opinion, they received the lowest four seed because they got in the bracket of Duke, Purdue. It's an incredibly tough bracket. This is just me eyeballing this thing, but I thought they got the lowest four seed of the group. I would rather be any of the other four seeds in any of the other, um, any of the other. Uh, quarters so of the bracket so what what did you think Tennessee seated too high too low or just right see I disagree I actually think they got a favorable four C. funny enough it may be the lowest technically of numbers but in terms of matchups I'd rather play I'd rather Purdue be the number one seed in my bracket than Alabama or um oh who was the other number one seed that wasn't Kansas my mind just completely went blank uh well but don't, don't we think that I mean, don't, but we think Purdue is probably the overall number two seed, right? Uh, I think Houston was – no, Houston was the overall number two seed. Purdue was the three, overall number three. Purdue lives and dies by defense. I think those are the type of teams that Tennessee can beat because, you are you know, again, we both of them play an outdated style of play. And so I do think that's a, an advantage for Tennessee. Um, I think 
in all honesty, I think they were seated too high. And I know that's a hot take, but this team lost 10 games. Too high as a four four. or too high as a lower four? Too high as a four, period. Okay. Yeah, I think they were seated too high as a four, period. They lost 10 games this year. They got swept by Kentucky. They lost. They basically got swept by Missouri, losing once at home and once on a neutral site. They lost at home to Vanderbilt. They lost to Colorado. I think. I think what is selling for Tennessee right now is their quality wins, which the NCAA still they're going. They're overusing the net rankings. Tennessee's got two really good wins. They got more than that, but their two main ones are against two number one seeds, Kansas and Alabama. Alabama, the overall number one seed, and they beat Kansas on a neutral court. No issue there. Take nothing away from them. They also beat Texas. Um, if you've really followed the landscape of college basketball this year, though, you aren't that shocked that Tennessee beat Alabama and Texas at home because it's just been such a rocky year for college basketball teams on the road. And Tennessee has been anything but that good, anything but good away from home since the SEC, since SEC play started. And I don't know how you could look at that. Now, I know they're not supposed to look at this, but you also have to look at they don't have their starting point guard and see and look at what you saw in the conference tournament, which I know they place no emphasis on, but they, they finished their last like 10 games, four and six. And well, that, that to me is the biggest number. Um, I, I think the two biggest factors in order, number one, four and six didn't look great doing it. And I think number two is a Kai Ziegler. And you may say, Oh, that's not fair. He got them to this point, but they, they tell you that they factor that in. And don't think for a second, that the college football playoff committee is not going to do the same thing. I thought they did with Hendon Hooker. That's the only reason I can figure out how Alabama was rated ahead of Tennessee despite the head-to-head win. So they're going to factor that in. This is a made-for-television event. And this is also the goal is if you're the committee, you want to create good matchups. You'll never say that. But you also want your best teams to survive. So it's hard for me for those two reasons with one of your key players out and going four and six in your last 10 to call Tennessee one of the best teams that you're like, ooh, 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 I hope they get there to that 16, eight or four because they're hot. They're fire, as the kids say. I don't see that out of Tennessee. So if if you're complaining about your seating, which you like it a little bit better than I do, if you're complaining about your seating, then you've got nobody to complain but yourself. And as Caleb pointed out, you might have been a little fortunate because I had no problem with a four either way. I would have been surprised at a three, and I thought a five would have been too low, personally. But you're splitting hairs when you get – you're either a one or a two, and the chances of you winning are like 95% the first game. You get a favorable matchup in the second round. So you're either one or two. Or you're kind of just everybody else to some extent until you get down to 14, 15, and 16. Yeah, I agree. I think it goes with tiers. You're a one or a two, or you're a three to six. Yes. Now, seven to 10, you don't want to be either because then you end up playing a one or a two in the second round. And that's always a dangerous matchup when you do that. But you're right. You're one to two. One to two is one tier. Three to six is another. Seven to 10 is another. You're right. 11 to 14 is another. And then 15 and 16, you know, that's where you're 15 and 16. You're probably going home after the first night. Exactly. Exactly. It's a big dot deal when a 15 seed beats a two seed and a 16 team has done it only once. 
And ironically, the team they did it against Virginia won the national title the next year, which is still hilarious. Now, I'm interested in what people say on the message board because Tennessee, I believe historically, when I covered them really, really closely and they were really, really good in the early 2000s, I thought did get the short end of the stick when it came to the selection committee. I thought there were times they should have been a two and they were a four. They should have been a four and they were six. And I don't think Tennessee's viewed as a basketball school. I think if you're sitting down and there's a gray area between a Tennessee and a North Carolina, just throw a team out there, or a North Car- or a Tennessee and a Kentucky and one of the Blue Bloods, I think the Blue Bloods are going to get the benefit of the doubt from a seeding standpoint. I, would you argue with that, Caleb, or do you think that's pretty much the no, case? No, there is plenty of evidence for that. And on yeah. the women's side, just so people know, that happens on the women's side too. Tennessee always gets a favorable matchup yes. on the women's side. Always. And they yes. always will. And yes. So I, I didn't really have a problem with a four. I don't feel like you're just crazy upset about it, right? That they should have been a five. Maybe should have been a five, but yeah, I'm not crazy. Could have been a three. Could could I I don't think they could be a three. A little I mean, bit of a reach, but 23 and 10. That's just a I get the schedule, but it just doesn't look like a good record on paper. See, here's what you have to do, though. You have to factor in they're trying to get more more people to these games, so they're going to factor in where they play as well. So sometimes that can get you up or down a seat higher than you should because there were a couple of times where they would ship tennis, they would ship teams wherever, and I think it was me, five other reporters, and about 100 Tennessee fans, and that's the only people that were in some of these first-round games because – it's expensive. I mean, if you want to put this together, I mean, uh, t- if if you want to go out to uh, some distant place and follow your team and you book a flight, you've not booked flights before. I mean, it's expensive this time of year. So, I mean, if you're going to do it four days before your team heads out. so And you don't even know if you're going to get one or two games out of it. Yeah, yeah. So you can get shifted around. A lot. Um, I think, you know, Tennessee's in Orlando, right? Yeah, which they should so, be happy about. Yeah, which, I mean, that's drivable, miserable drivable, trust me. And you don't want to go to Disney World because it gets as hot as blue blazes out there. The two hottest places in the world are Washington, D.C. and Orlando, just for the record. And they are the source of the most misery, perhaps, in our country, depending on if you have kids and what age they are. <laughs> so new ones uh, on board right now. Hit the like button. Go ahead and subscribe, and then I want to get to four downs as we continue to break down Tennessee's seating. Four downs brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. This real quick, Raleigh said possibly getting Duke, then Purdue is unfortunate. Not to mention if we make that, we could possibly play Kentucky or USC. Brutal bracket. Four downs brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Bounds. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Can't tell you how happy I am with my LASIK surgery. I can see like an eagle far away. It's never been the case. Always had to wear contacts. And the near vision is uh, coming in as well. I've got an appointment this week to getting that all taken care of and it's just awesome because they're personal and they care for you campbell cunningham taylor and Han, local doctors don't like the other places that fly doctors in from i don't know maybe orlando 
Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, they are local. They've got the eye vision centers and they've got the LASIK centers and laser vision centers to take care of cataracts or take care of LASIK. So let's get to four downs. Right now, we break down Tennessee's seed and look forward a little bit. First down, should the Vols be scared of Louisiana in the first round? Yes, Louisiana has a their go-to score is a big man named Jordan Brown. He's 6'11", so they can hang with Tennessee in the paint because of Jordan Brown, so they can neutralize that matchup advantage Tennessee has. They are 23rd in the nation in three-point percentage at 37.8. Now, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They only hit about seven a game, which is like outside of the top 200. But that's because they focus on going down low, and then they use their guards. they got two guards that are shooting over 40% from three that are starting. So this is a dangerous inside-out team that if those guards are hitting their threes, Tennessee's in big trouble. I don't think they're in big trouble because Louisiana is the 92nd best team in the nation. Faced one major conference team this season, Texas, on December 21st. The Longhorns won that game 172. The same team, Texas, uh, the same Texas team that lost to Tennessee in January. So I'm going to say you don't have to wor- be worried about Louisiana any more than you should be worried about any tournament matchup because anybody can get hot and knock anybody out. So I'm not saying just chuck it all together. But I, think I agree. They- Louisiana could lose by 30 or win this game one or the other. That's very true. All right, so after you've seen the bracket, you've seen the region that Tennessee is in, best-case scenario for the Vols. That's second down brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hawn. Second down. It's what we've talked about all year, and it's proven with this bracket. Elite Eight's the best-case scenario. They could go all the way to the Elite Eight or lose in the first round, but Elite Eight. Elite Eight's best-case scenario. Mm. Look, Duke's. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna sound more negative than you. I think Sweet 16's best case scenario. No, I think I think Tennessee. I, I think Purdue's a good matchup with Tennessee. I'm telling you, they are a much better matchup for Tennessee than Houston or Alabama on a neutral court would be for Tennessee. Um, so you'd, Alabama, rather see, you'd rather see somebody in Purdue that plays a similar style, but probably better than you, than you would see an up and down style that you you may struggle to defend. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, because uh, – and I'm talking myself out of it a little bit because Tennessee did beat Don't Alabama by, with, with their defense, <laughs> but they had Zakai Ziegler when they beat Alabama. And so one of the reasons they could handle up-and-down tempo teams was because Zakai Ziegler could run with them, and they don't have Zakai anymore. So at this point, I think Purdue – because if, if Santi Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James are both hitting from the outside in just one of those games, yeah, I could easily see them beating Purdue at that point. And Duke, Duke's really hot right now. They've won like nine straight. They just won the ACC tournament. But we forget middle of the year, they were 17 and eight. And there was a lot of questions about them at that point. So I don't think those questions subside overnight. And also where they're playing these teams, you don't really have any, nobody has a home court advantage over Tennessee based on where they're playing. They're playing, they would play the Sweet 16 in New York. If they face Purdue, they would face them in New York. Look, guys, I'm going to say this out loud too. Don't, underestimate Memphis's ability to upset Purdue in the second round. And then you could have Tennessee Memphis in the sweet 16, which would be epic. Yeah. I'd be down with that. I, I think sweet 16 the tops. I think, I don't think they're going to make the elite eight. I, I don't see this style of basketball. It's just the moral of the story. I mean, you could, I'm reading a book about, I think I mentioned to you about Bo Jackson at, at the end of the day, he's going to be one of the best athletes. Um, 
that I've ever seen. And I believe the best athlete to ever walk to the face of the earth. That's, that's the opinion I'm going to walk away with. Well, I'm going to walk away with the opinion, no matter what's in the book between now and then that Bo Jackson's the best athlete ever. And that I think the Tennessee basketball team and their style is not set up for success in the tournament. I don't know how it's going to end, but I don't think it's going to end in the elite eight. So I think it's going to be a little bit sooner. seems like Tennessee is always lined up to play Duke and something happens either Duke or Tennessee loses. When's the last time Duke and Tennessee has played a significant game? Uh, really ever. So Tennessee played Duke one year, like Quanzo Martin's first year in one of those preseason tournaments um that's the last one i remember yeah um, we need that i mean tennessee needs to play duke more often and by the way i love the balls cursive thing but i think you also need the, the i'm talking about the jerseys you also need the balls and block letters like they've got duke would that not look cool like just yeah. ols yeah. in front like duke has those block letters yeah, my only thing is I don't like copying Duke on too many things because I just don't respect Duke as a fan base. There, I said it. I am. <laughs> it is people. Their whole the, oh, they got the greatest fans. No, it's a bunch of people that don't follow sports. They go to Duke for four years and they get coached up on how to be fans at a basketball game, and they think they're so cool. Wait, wait, wait! You're not pointing out the worst Duke fans. I'm completely listen. If you go to a school and you graduate. You can root for that school till your heart's content for the rest of your life. But if you just grew up during the Bobby Hurley days and the Grant Hill days and the Christian Leitner days, and you just picked this elitist school out there that you could never get into, then what the H? I mean, really? That's the school you picked? I mean, pick it, pick, uh, pick Indiana or Houston back in the day, or I mean, even pick Kentucky, a school you could get into. Yeah, that is true. Well, that's because anybody can get into Kentucky. But um, ow, shots uh, fired. But like, it is a. I'm. I get it. But like those fans, I get they go to the school and they just want to be a part. Of, they don't follow this sport. They don't follow any other sport ever. But they're like, oh my god, I love the social scene of college basketball. So let me do like when like Duke had a chant. Like when a player gets a shot blocked, they would chant, chant like just like prom night, just like lame chants like that. That's just so annoying. So I don't want to be anywhere near like. Duke with that level of nerdism and a fan. Agree. Travis says Larry Johnson's UNLV, UNLV team. That's absolutely right. If you're picking a team during those early mid-90s, you should pick Stacy Ogman and all those cats that played for UNLV. They were more fun and they weren't elitist. So there you are. Fourth down. Can Tennessee, if they get the matchup, beat Duke? Well, Sorry, third down real quick. Worst case scenario. Is oh, worst we, case scenario, yes. We, we I, agree that Tennessee, worst case is they lose in the first round. That's possible. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we both agree with that. Sorry about that. Fourth, it's okay. down. fourth down, yes, they can beat Duke. I absolutely think they can beat Duke. Again, Duke was 17-8, and eight, middle of the season. John Shire was, I mean, he looked like he was not living up to Krzyzewski's legacy. They got red hot to end the year. They won nine straight, including the ACC tournament. It's nice that you're red hot, but that also means that you were playing late into the weekend ahead of the NCAA tournament, so you may not be as fresh. And so I think, yes, they can beat Duke. I don't think they will, but I think they can. 
Coming up on the program, we're going to continue to break down the Vols. How far will they go? Uh, what the H talks about this young uh, writer named Caleb Calhoun, and he says uh, no to the Sweet 16, but maybe he's changing it just a little bit. Uh, closer look at Louisiana, and also have the Vols figured themselves out with Sakai Ziegler. Have I told you my one Christian Leitner story? You have not. Okay, so are you aware that I have abnormally large feet? I am not. Okay, so I wear a size 15 shoe. Everybody will enjoy this. So <clears throat> there's this place that's like, uh, it's in the inner city of Atlanta. And it, you, you think that, you know, you're in probably not the safest place in the world. And then you go in and it's like, it's like the best buy of uh, shoes with people with big feet. So that is where a lot of the players went. This is years ago in the 90s. Uh, when they were in Atlanta, the NBA players would go to this place. You can Google it. I can't remember the name of it, but you would Google it because if you had over a size 13 shoe, it's tough to get shoes. Now anybody can get shoes. But um, so, yeah, I'm sitting there trying on my size 15s and uh, I look over to my left and there's Christian Leitner. And uh, I'm like, uh, good, good place to get shoes, I guess. And he goes, yeah, if you got huge feet. <laughs> Christian Leitner, <laughs> the most undeserved gold medalist of all time. But the greatest college basketball player of all time. But that was a sad place to go. I mean, that was, my feet are so big. And it's one thing if you're an NBA player and you're making millions of dollars. It's another thing if you're Dave, a reporter for the Knoxville News Sentinel, and you're having to go in and get these big shoes because you have monstrous feet size 15 the worst is if your hands aren't big enough to go with it because in the nba hand size is way more important than foot size funny enough um so yes the, the one fair. of the one of the underrated stories of why michael jordan was so good was he had abnormally large hands like he had hands the size of a center but he yes was john saying hit the like button do it now Hugh Freeze wants to know what your ankles looks like. He does. That's how he evaluates prospects. All kinds of neat things that you learn on Off the Hook Sportsbook. Click that like button. Hit subscribe, and we greatly appreciate that. Brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com, over 40 years of experience in the real estate field. It is phenomenal. That office will take care of you. Best service, best prices. Doesn't get any better. Andy Mason realestate.com so how far will the balls go and also we'll continue on our comparison series as far as what current nfl prospects remind tennessee players and coaches with the program of former balls from back in the day stay tuned two minutes back off the hook sports with caleb calhoun i'm dave Hooker. our family has been creating jewelry since 1986 each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I wanna be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. 
Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs. You're listening to the Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. He said nothing you people can't do. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Welcome back. Hit that like button. We greatly appreciate that. What do you think about Tennessee and where they are seated in the NCAA tournament as a whole? I'd give it a thumbs medium. Not really a thumbs up, not really a thumbs down, Caleb, but just a thumbs right down the middle. I'm a thumbs up. I just, I think they, just because I don't think they'll go far, I think that's about them, but I think they could not have asked for a better bracket for themselves. Does Rick Barnes get sometimes preferential treatment in some of those meetings when it's close with some unknown guy? Maybe Rick Barnes does have some connections. Um, and I noticed that when he came to Tennessee, when he took over at Tennessee, because Dave, you know, this, a lot of times coaches get criticism for scheduling easy non-conference, but in reality, that's usually because they don't have a lot of connections. Whereas Rick Barnes is able to schedule all the toughest teams possible in non-conference because he's got so many connections across the country and get them in those preseason tournaments and all that, you name it. I wonder sometimes when coaches schedule really easy non-conference is if, if that's their decision because they're scared or if they tried to schedule tough, but nobody would schedule 
nobody would agree to it with them. Jerry Green. That was Jerry Green? Well, I mean, Jerry Green had every tie to Carolina. Goodness gracious, you know, he he, he was tied into Carolina. He coached there. Shouldn't there have been a North Carolina-Tennessee rivalry if they thought highly of him? Simple fact is he was just kind of the goofball who showed up at the lodge and had too much to drink too early. So the coaching circles didn't respect him. Yes. And by the way, based on what you told me, he didn't deserve any respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. That's the promo code off the hook. They've got the chill pills with the CBD that'll take care of your pet's digestive issues. Also, uh, the arthritis issues. And don't forget about uh, social anxiety, which my dog was flipping out because family was in town and uh, for, for my birthday, yes, I'm old. You can see it behind me. My wife wanted to embarrass me. So my birthday is today. So there we go. And my birthday wish is very simple. It's that Tennessee makes the final four. That is my birthday wish. That's my only birthday wish. I'll blow out the protein cheesecake that I eat for sweets, uh, tonight with a candle on it. And that'll be my birthday wish. Cause that's great content. Uh, we were talking about my size 15 shoes. Uh, SCC scout guy says I wear a size 15. When I joined the Marine Corps, they gave me a size 13 boots, which were as big as they had. My feet were bleeding by day two and they got me a set of size 15 from somewhere. Yes. I went down a similar path in that I have two different size feet. Actually, they're close enough. Now where dress shoes. I don't go differently, but they had this thing that, uh, Nike put on. Uh, Caleb, where you could get Jordans that were in different sizes that people had returned or whatever. So, first of all, it took like a year and a half to get the Jordans. So, my feet probably shrunk by that point. But when I got them, they were all white and they were like the highest up the ankle they would go. And they must have weighed 15 pounds a shoe. And I remember the first thing our gym teacher said is, hey, boys, we're going to run a mile today with a 15 pound shoe on each foot. My calves were burning back in the day people don't remember in the 90s you walked into the store and you said do you have anything bigger than a 13 they looked at you like you were stupid that's so crazy wow <laughs> terrible it was terrible still to this day if i find a run of 15s at like one of those shoe carnivals i walk out of there with like 400 worth of shoes and don't shoe shop for like four more years <laughs> all right so let's get to what the h what the H is brought to you by our friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it is worth the drive. Caleb Calhoun says, Sweet 16 at best before we get this. Uh, no, I said Elite 8 at best. I'm well, I know you said, but that's my point. What the H? <laughs> what the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. So what the H? What changed? I thought you were at best Sweet 16 last week. Was it that showing against Missouri that changed your mind, Caleb? No, the bracket changed my mind. I still don't believe in this Tennessee basketball team. I just said Elite Eight is best case scenario because some chips could fall where they may. Um, but I I don't think they're going to the Elite Eight. I still don't think they're going to the second weekend. Okay. I got I got second round. They're they're getting bounced out in the round of thirty two. Okay, but you but you think that they could make the Elite Eight. I think they could make the Elite Eight. 
but I don't think they will make the Elite Eight. I think they're getting bounced out in the round of 32. And look, half of this is if upsets happen in your bracket that you can't control. Do you remember one year? It was it was Bruce Pearl's best run with Tennessee. They made the Elite Eight because they played San Diego State and won. And then Ohio upset Georgetown. Ohio was a 14 seed. So Tennessee got to play them in the second round. And that's what got him to the Sweet 16. And then Kwanzaa Martin, the year he made the Sweet 16, he had to win three games. He beat Iowa in overtime. They got a, They were the 11 seed. They got to play a six seed UMass. I felt the seed should have been reversed. So they beat UMass. And then Mercer upsets Duke. So they get to play Mercer in the second round, around the 32. And that's how they got to the Sweet 16. Well, it's not going to be quite so easy for the Vols if they beat Louisiana, which can shoot. They're going to play Duke most likely in round two. Duke versus Oral Roberts in the 5-12 matchup. And then you would think eventually play Purdue, which is a top seed. I, I You like Tennessee's draw a lot more than I do. But uh, at, at the end of the day, it's going to be more a style matchup. I think we both agree with that. So go ahead and click that like button. It brings more people into the channel. We greatly appreciate that. Elias says, do I feel like Oral Roberts is a very dangerous, or do we, dangerous matchup for Duke? And I don't think so. Caleb, but I mean, there is going to be an upset, and usually it seems like every year there is always uh, that 512 upset, almost like just that's the sun most, comes up. That's the most common one of them, yeah, is 512. And I mean, you know, Oral Roberts, uh, Elias points out they turn the ball over less than anybody in the in college basketball, and not only that, but they hit the second most three-pointers of anybody in college basketball. They hit 11 a game. You you play like that, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, they're the type of team, they get red hot shooting the ball, nobody's beating them. A team that shoots well from three, hits their free throws, and doesn't turn the ball over, those low seeds go far in the NCAA tournament. Those are the ones that – those are where you get the Cinderella stories from. Yep, they do. So go ahead and get uh, your thoughts. If you want to put on the message board, what would you be happy with? And you can say championship. I don't think you should walk in – to any sort of tournament. Listen, if they if they asked me if I were a player today, what would you be happy with? The Final Four, the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16, or winning a game? I'd be like, heck no, man. I mean, I expect to win the thing. Uh, I've already looked at the bracket. I've counted down the, a number, the number of wins you got to get. And if that's where you are, that's great. I mean, I can I can certainly take that. And you, you tell me where you think they need to be, what would make you happy. At some point... For the love of Pete, this Tennessee basketball program, <clears throat> whether it's with Rick Barnes or not, you have got to be the type of team that can step into a tournament and scare some people. And I don't know that they've necessarily been that since Bruce Pearl. Have they scared people when they've walked into the tournament in that time span? The Grant Williams team was scary. They were a two-seed, and they got robbed against Purdue that year. They should have gone to the Elite Eight. There was a terrible foul call in the last second on what turned out to be a tying. was a three-point attempt. A guy got three free throws at two of them to send it to overtime. But that's the only time under Rick Barnes I think they were scary. I mean, look, under Rick Barnes, they've been a three-seed twice, and they lost to 11 seeds both times. Last year they lost to Michigan, and then they lost to Loyola Chicago a few years ago an 11 seed when the Loyola Chicago had that final four run. So, I mean, every year, here's another stat with Rick Barnes that I think is very alarming and disturbing. Every year he's been in the NCAA tournament with Tennessee when he's lost, he's, he's, his loss has always been to a a lower seed. Never has yet made 
the ter- loss to a higher seed. Yeah, and let's just turn this segment in when when we resend this video out to is this good enough? Because this is where Tennessee has been for a long, long time. And that is, I mean, you just talked about they should have beaten Purdue, bad call, then they would have been in the Elite Eight. Well, they should have been in the Final Four, but Julius Peppers comes on the court in the early 2000s for North Carolina. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. But at some point, I mean, even Bruce Pearl got Auburn to the Final Four. And is this good enough? At a football school, is this good enough to be knocking on the door of essentially a Sweet 16, Elite Eight every year, knocking on the door, hoping something happens, hoping somebody gets upset ahead of you and clears the path, or hoping you have a great night shooting or they have a bad night shooting? Is is this good enough? I'll tell you why it's good. I'll tell you what makes it good enough or what makes it not good enough. For a football school, by the way, it's, is the caveat. It's good enough as long as fans are still interested in the program. Now, I would say there could come a point where this keeps happening, where Tennessee has a red-hot regular season and fans are just finally saying, I just don't believe in this team. I've seen too many Rick Barnes teams flame out in, in uh, February and March to really believe that this early start means something. When that happens, I think it's no longer good enough because fan apathy sets in. And you can live with Tennessee's success in basketball right now, but you need you can you can only live with it as long as fans are still interested in selling to and buying tickets. Once the once Thompson Bowling gets about half empty, it becomes a different problem. And it, it's like well, we like, saw we saw that for a second with the Lady Balls who turned things around, right? We, we, yes. I was told that some of the boosters were showing up and hanging out in the press conferences longer than they did previously, that they were concerned, that there was frustration in the fans. Maybe it was still sold out. I don't know. But we saw some of that. Um, But does it get to that point with basketball, or is it just something fun to do and that's good enough? I I just – I get to the point where I get very frustrated with Tennessee basketball. And somebody pointed out on the message board, Frank Martin took South Carolina – to a final four. Bruce Pearl did forget about the ties to Tennessee. I'm just talking about a dude took Auburn to the final four. Um, Auburn is definitely a football school and South Carolina is a school. So the point being, if you want to tell me that I'm Mississippi state and I cannot make the college football playoff as long as it's four, because it's too many things have to happen right for me. I don't have the facilities There's a glass ceiling. It is not fair. Now, I could point to TCU, but let's pretend that didn't happen. Okay, Caleb? For the most part, 90% of the schools in the nation cannot make a four-team college football playoff. So that's getting to the final four. Don't tell me that 90% of the basketball programs can't make the final four. Don't tell me that for a second. Because the vast majority have a shot and I would say a good 60% year in and year out if they hire the right coach could make the final four Gonzaga was once called a mid-major it ain't a mid-major anymore Caleb yeah and also you don't even have to be that good of a coach to get to the final four when I mean, we just brought up Frank Martin Frank Martin got fired just last year um John Brady took LSU to the final four when he had Glenn Davis at uh Tyrus Thomas, I think, um, in 2006. So, and then he was fired two years later. So, yeah, it's, it's sometimes, again, this is what March is about. So the question becomes this. 
the question becomes, okay, any, you're right. It, any coach can make it to one final four. Can a coach keep you relevant year in and year out to where there's some sort of fan interest in the program? Look, Rick Barnes does that. Whatever else you want to say about Rick Barnes, this is Tennessee's fifth straight NCAA tournament. They made six straight under Bruce Pearl. I think we all think if Barnes stays, Tennessee's going to the tournament next year. So, yeah, but at what point does that get old? That's the question. And it gets old when fan apathy sets in. And here's the the one problem with Rick Barnes, and I will say this. It's funny because Rick Barnes um, was a Gary Williams disciple. He coached under Gary Williams at Ohio State. And for those who don't know, Gary Williams and Bruce Pearl are under the same coaching tree because they were developed under Tom Davis, which right. is they, they run the flex on offense. They run, ran the 2 one press and things like that. And so it was fun to watch. Rick Barnes did a little bit of his, you know, he put his own tweaks. He still runs the flex offense. I don't, you know, he doesn't run as much tempo on defense though. So, so it gets to the point where the team, the, his tweaks make the teams not as fun to watch. If you're producing the same results as Rick Barnes is right now, but you're doing what doing it the way Bruce Pearl was doing it in the mid 2000s at Tennessee or Gary Williams was doing it at Maryland, I think it's a little more digestible. But this team was number two earlier in the year, and they still had some fan apathy because it just was not a fun number two team to watch. <laughs> SC Scout SC Scout guy says on the message board, I think NIL gives everyone an even greater shot. With all due respect, I'm going to disagree with you because. I think it gives Tennessee a better shot in football because there is that foundational money where you can pay. I mean, Nico is not the, if he's the guy that got the $8 million and we all think he was, he's not the only dude that got paid to come to Tennessee because of NIL money. And Tennessee doesn't have to drop all their coins in one basket, but in basketball, if you're Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky, you can't. You can drop it all on one player, and it can change your trajectory immediately. So there's actually, I believe, more competition in NIL to get the elite players in college basketball. I don't think it brings up the mid-lower-level programs up to the Dukes, North Carolinas, and the Kansases of the world. I don't. Not as long as you've got a coach that's preaching it's preaching this style of offensive defense. At the end of the day, if a kid says, I've got a $15 million offer from Duke, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kansas, and I have to play this style of basketball, what do you think that kid's going to say? He's got the money anywhere, Caleb. I don't see how NIL helps Rick Barnes at all, and I certainly have never heard nor seen any instance in which he has taken advantage of NIL money to make a splash recruit? Am I missing one? No, no. I mean, I know Julian Phillips was a five-star. I don't think NIL got him to Tennessee, though. I think a lot of five-stars or four-stars pick Tennessee. The ones that choose to play for Barnes is they know Barnes' track record of developing players. And Fair. they want to develop themselves a little bit better for the NBA. And that's why they choose to play for Rick Barnes more than anything else. But the thing is, Caleb, this is what's so frustrating the guys that go to Kentucky or the Kevin Durant's of the world, they don't need developing. They're well, pretty- Durant would tell you he did need developing by Rick Barnes. Well, yeah, <laughs> but come on. I mean, he was going to be one of the better, if not best players in basketball history of all time. Yes, right. no, I agree. Um, there is a, but there is a factor of, and this is more common in college basketball, I think, than even college football, where the co- there is a factor of, there is a benefit from developing 
in certain programs. The catch is the way coaches develop you for the NBA is oftentimes a hindrance for them succeeding at the college level. Dean Smith, rest in peace, only won two national championships. Yes. But he developed players for the coached NBA. For, and co- coached as long as Methuselah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he developed players for the NBA. Like the whole story, was Michael, people would say that Dean Smith was the only person who could stop Michael Jordan. But the shuffle offense that Dean Smith ran had Michael Jordan perfectly prepared to run the triangle offense in the NBA and to really fit in with, with an NBA-style offense. Because quite honestly, usually primary scoring guards like that had no idea how to fit in with the team in the NBA when they got there. Travis just said, man, we went to a ton of years just hoping to make the tournament, period. Travis, you know I love you. But why? It's because a guy named Doug Dickey didn't care about basketball and just wanted it to go be quiet and hopefully be somewhat competitive. That's why Wade Houston had to go 5-25 and or whatever he went to actually get fired. This is not where you are in big time athletics. And listen, it would let me ask you this. Basketball schools only. Would Gonzaga be okay with this? Not anymore. They would have back in 1999. Right. Absolutely absolutely not. Give me another basketball school. Uh, Louisville. I don't want to say Kentucky because they are football in the SEC. Uh, Duke. North Carolina, would they be okay with just pecking at the door of the Sweet 16 each and every year? Absolutely not. And the reason is that Tennessee's okay with it because it's money. They want to drop as much as they can into football, especially now. And right now, they got this neat little Barnes thing going on over here they don't have to worry about. So I'm not saying it's time to replace Rick Barnes at all. But I am saying it's time to have a little conversation. Like, what are your long-term plans of the program and the style of play that you see moving forward? I think it's about time to have that conversation. It's not the old, you fire your coaches or you're gone. It's nowhere close to that. Don't get me wrong, Caleb. But it's okay to have that conversation that, hey, I understand that you're up there in age and probably setting your ways, but you, you need to adjust something to get this thing rolling at a higher level. This is what reportedly got him fired at Texas. They wanted him to move on from some assistants who had a certain style, and he wouldn't do it. And one of the stories with Rick Barnes that's notable, and I don't know if you know this, Dave, but Rick Barnes' coaching tree is a pretty bad coaching tree. Like, it's a it's a who's who of, like, like Dennis Felton is a Rick Barnes coaching disciple. And um, Desmond Oliver just got fired, I think, by ETSU. Um there are just a lot of guys from Rick Barnes's coaching tree that just don't make it elsewhere. Nobody's really sick. And, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but that means something like, don't get me wrong. Nick Saban has had a lot of failures in his coaching tree, but he's had a few splash smash successes. Arguably the greatest, uh, the guy who just surpassed him is his own as part of his coaching tree in college football. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. So I want to dive into that. Travis asked a great question. A question like that will change the direction of the show because I, I want to dive into this. We might mention Zakai Ziegler, too. That was the plan originally uh, on our rundown as we met. We meet every morning at 5 a.m. Uh, for our pre-production meeting, and then the production meeting is at uh, 6 a.m., and then we have the post-production meeting um, even before the show at 8 a.m. So uh, Travis says, do you consider us basketball elites? I'm going to ask that question right after this because you either is or you ain't 
as they like to say in uh, South Clinton Elementary School, where only I and one other person that you might know actually went. Do you care to guess the other person that went to South Clinton Elementary School when he was no. a child other than me? No, just give it to me. I have no idea. Okay. Frenetic movie director. I'll answer the question after this. He's Caleb Calhoun, Dave Hooker. That's called the tease, kids. Stay tuned. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. Our listeners and viewers probably can barely notice, but I forgive you. I've had a couple of where I've got these big, huge buttons where I can drop in uh, these different uh, rejoins and stuff. But I've got like a food hangover. I ate so much on my birthday celebration yesterday, Caleb, that. Uh, you arrived like that. Yeah, I'm not used to eating carbs. I watched my carb intake. So I ate everything that was in front of me up until uh, probably like 2 a.m. when I couldn't sleep. And I was like, well, let's go check that cheesecake out. So I've got one of those carb hangovers. You're probably too young to get carb hangovers. You still get the real hangovers, right? 
I mean, carbs save me from the real hangovers. So, you know, the, 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 the rule is to get carbs before you drink. I mean, when you get, when you get off carbs for a long time and you just blow it out one day, it's, it's totally different. Well, uh, that's because carbs work like sugar though. So, yes. you know, that's, you know, it's like a come down from sugar. Yes. Uh, Vassy Lawn and Garden, man, they've got their big, huge monster, just incredible blowout open of the season sale this week. So get to Vassy Lawn and Garden, man, a lot of it's worth the drive buying power, get your prices you won't get elsewhere. They're in Cleveland, Tennessee, but if you need industrial, commercial mowers or residential mowers, blowers, hedges, trimmers, you need to get to Vassy Lawn and Garden, whether you're in Knoxville or Nashville or Chattanooga. John says, you lived in Clinton. My family is from Lake City, Rocky Top. Now, uh, I did not live in Clinton. My mom taught there. I lived and was reared. <laughs> Always a funny word to say. In Powell. Uh, so I had to go through three years of PMS. And that was Powell Middle School to get my PhD, which was my Powell High Diploma. See what I did there, Caleb? But since my mom taught at South Clinton Elementary School, I went there through fifth grade because you could go with your mom. And so n nobody does anybody have. I've got shirts to give away, by the way, hooker shirts that uh, I got from our good friends at Apex Marketing there in Knoxville. I would highly suggest if you need uh, any sort of promotional promotional items, you get them a call. So. All right. What let me, let me ask the message board this before I reset today's tough question. What movie director went to South Clinton Elementary School? And if you answer it correctly, then I'm going to hook you up with a Hooker t-shirt that says Hooker across the front. Maybe for Hendon Hooker, maybe for me, maybe for one of my cousins. Actually, I don't have any cousins because I'm an only child. My wife's an only child. So... um but again, Vassy Lawn and Garden. Travis got it already. That was going to be my guess. Was, was what it. is it? Go ahead and say it, Caleb. I mean, he. I'll let you say it because Travis just put it up. I don't want to be the one to steal it from him. But Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Uh, Email me at davidoffthehooksports.com. That's why he always references getting back to Knoxville and all of the, all of his movies. Have you ever I don't see why he's tight with Samuel L. Jackson, another Tennessean. Yes, that's right. And we'll just play Justin Timberlake's as bumpers, but YouTube will get mad at us. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, and my mom taught there for like 30 years. Doesn't remember him at all. It's very quiet. One of our clients, though, bumped into him at one point at a little uh, soiree that they, it's a total coincidence. And they were at the, they were in the Las Vegas area and uh, said that um, he likes candy. Nose candy, but <laughs> it's kind of his thing. Caleb's shaking his head and disappointed. At the not, that does not shock me at all. It's a little, fr little frenetic. Let's put it that way. But yes, he went to South Clinton Elementary School. My mom doesn't remember him at all. Isn't that strange? That is. Wouldn't you that think is. you rem would remember a Quentin Tarantino? He pours all his energy into his art, and so he's quiet in real life. That happens to a lot of people. City Heating and Air Conditioning, Integrity Matters, cityheatandair.com. They are phenomenal. And in the Knoxville area, if you've got any sort of HVAC unit you need it taken care of, 
uh, city heating and air conditioning because they'll give you an honest assessment, not just say, well, just put a new HVAC unit in it. Uh, John said you lived in Clinton. My family is from uh, Lake City, Rocky Top. Now, okay, so I had this brilliant idea the first year I bought a boat, Caleb, and I was going to put it in what's called Rocky Top. Now, it was called Lake City at the time, but you have to drive all the way around the lake. So while you could be at the lake from North Knoxville in 30 minutes, to save on my slip fee, it was $100 instead of $175. I drove all the way around the lake. Not the worst idea because it's a beautiful side of the lake. Here's the problem. Don't ever forget your boat keys after you make the hour and a half drive up to your boat. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> that, that would not go well. <laughs> because if you do that, what do you do? You drive back. It's a three-hour round trip. Suddenly, the day is over. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm resetting today's tough question. It's right now. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Are you happy with this? Is this good enough? Pecking on the door of the Sweet 16, year in and year out. Is this good? You've got a great man and almost said Quentin Tarantino in Rick Barnes leading your program. You don't have a Will Wade who's trying to escape the clutches of the FBI. So you don't have to ever worry about that, but you may never make the final four. You're just pecking, pecking, pecking on the door like the crow by Edgar Allan Poe and trying to get into the Sweet 16 year in and year out. Mr. Jones says, does Barnes need to go if he doesn't perform this March? I'm not ready to go nearly that far, but Caleb, it's certainly the direction I'm going in. How much longer does pecking at the Sweet 16 and the possibility of getting in that with no real threat of making the Final Four? Because this team doesn't have that. It doesn't. How long is that good enough? I ask you that today's tough question part two. It's good enough as long as fan interest is there, and it's good enough as long as every five years he can have a team that can make it. Look, I mean, he hasn't made it, but that 2019 team was definitely capable of getting there, just happened to lose a heartbreaker in the Sweet 16, which happens. Um, so I well, think – you say as long as – how long will – let me ask you this. Let me rephrase it. How long will the fans be okay with this? That is that does become a trickier question. Um, I think Barnes is seventy eight years old, by the way. So th these once every five year runs that you're talking about are sixty eight yeah. years old. Excuse me, did I say seventy eight? Well, there, yeah, there, there's a third caveat here, by the way, and it's who's at athletic director. If Dave Hart's athletic director, if Mike Hamilton's athletic director, if even John Curry's athletic director, and definitely if Philip Fulmer's athletic director, I say you're happy with it. Because I don't trust any of them to make a good hire. Um, I think John Curry could, but it's like, you know, it's a it's a crapshoot when you make a good hire in college basketball. Danny White's like the reverse. You know he's you know he's going to make a good hire. And so maybe this is where this changes a little bit, is you know that Danny White is the best in the business at hiring coaches. He's found coaches out of nowhere. He's got a coach he found now has the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And another coach he found was probably did the best job in college football last year at, at Kansas in Lance Leipold. So we're, we're talking the best you could possibly find at hiring coaches. That changes things just a little bit 
because I would put all my faith in Danny White to hire a new coach. Any other athletic director in the country, including myself, if I'm there, I'd stick with Barnes because I wouldn't trust myself to hire to find a coach the way I trust Danny White. Well, and remember this, the guy that we would have said a month ago he should hire would be Nate Oates, right? Yeah. Alabama. And exactly. certainly you wouldn't want to hire him now. And I, it was just strange, strange timing. I was reading our message board comments and it said they need a scorer like Brandon Miller when they absolutely need points. Well, <clears throat> I don't think anybody would take Brandon Miller right now. Elias gives me some insight because, you know, I don't hang out in message boards and I don't probably talk to as many fans as you guys do. Um, and when I do, it's on the show. But Elias says the grumbling is already pretty loud, even if I don't agree with it. I mean, that's a question. Are you fine with having just a good program that it's respectable, but it's not going to make a real Final Four run? Who would you replace him with? Penny Hardaway, just kidding. No, it wouldn't be Penny. And no, it wouldn't be now Nate Oates at Alabama after we've seen what he's gone through. But Travis, who's a huge Tennessee fan, said, I'm 80% on board with Barnes. And if we make a Final Four, this is a moot point. Absolutely. Make a Final Four. We're not even having this discussion for the next four or five years. But if you don't, and you say you're just 80% on board, then where would fans that are 80% on board, which I think is a pretty good number, actually. I think most are about in there. Where are you if you lose in the first round, Caleb? I'm 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 still as on board as I was before because I think they're not losing you, the not you, but the fan base. I think oh, I think fan base. I think now because I think the grumblings were there before the tournament started. I think they're still on board largely because again, I think there's a lot of memories over the struggles of Tennessee basketball throughout the years. And honestly, since firing Don, I don't know if they fired since Don DeVoe left in 19 whatever that was. Um, they have desperately struggled to find some consistency. They've had no stability in head, at, at coaching whatsoever. Um, Bruce Pearl last, this is the Rick, Rick Barnes has already lasted longer than any coach since Don DeVille at Tennessee. Caleb, let me do this. Okay. I can define really easily and tell me on the message board. If you disagree, I can define sustained success in football really easily. Okay. You should win an sec title and, well, I was saying this under the – I'm going to change it, actually. You should – with the 12-team playoff, you should win the SEC title and you should be in the college football playoff three out of five years. That's a five-year window. You, and should win, you should win the SEC title all three years? No, no, no. Once, once in the five-year span. Okay. And then make the college football playoff three out of five years. I think that's fair. With you the twelve top team? 10 program of all time, yeah, totally yeah. agree. I mean, I got, I got no, and if you can't live up to that, then it's time to head on out of Rocky Top. And I think Bruce Pearl, excuse me, uh, Josh Heupel will be able to do that uh, easily. John says, "I'm starting to get tired of Barnes. I'm tired of taking uh, Tums at 52. I would like to see us get further without being so frustrated during the season." Bruce Pearl got us to an elite eight. So, w- with what you hear from the fan base and the feedback. Please define, because I don't know. Because I was raised during the <clears throat> Doug Dickey era when basketball, <coughs> excuse me, was kind of like the, uh, I don't know, it was kind of like the skee-ball table at a Dave & Buster's. Everything else was really nice, but the skee-ball table was just over there churning some revenue, and who cares? But Tennessee basketball doesn't have to be the skee-ball anymore. 
they could invest money and go out and get a great coach. They've got the facilities. So what is define a five year run? What what is fair and is Rick Barnes living up to that? Okay, so for me personally, I think a five year run is four trips to the NCAA tournament. I think it's good. I think it's fine if you miss once every five years just because of the nature of college basketball. You could have a rebuilding year, whatever. So four trips to the NCAA tournament. Three three top 25 finishes, should we say, win an SEC regular season t- title once in those five years. Um, yeah, I think you're being really nice to put the rankings on it, but the simple fact is it's a tournament sport. Exactly, yeah. And so in, in the NCAA tournament, I think once every – I think you should be going to the second weekend once every five years. That, that That's where I'm at with it. I, I don't really wow. – I know, I got low standards. I got a question just real quick before – before we go further, can I just tell you mine real quick? Yeah, sure. It's Sorry. make the tournament four out of five. It's make the final four one out of five. One every once every five years for yes. a program that's never the made the final there. four in I, history. I think the money's there. I think before uh, Gonzaga got serious and invested money in it and realized they could do this, that they had the set of standards you have. I think Tennessee could do the same thing easier. They've got more money than Gonzaga. I think they could do this even if it requires hiring an up-and-coming coach and maybe having to replace him with another up-and-coach. coach. I think the standard should be Final Four every five years make the tournament four out of five. I mean, we're talking like even at places like North Carolina and Duke, sometimes they go five years without making the Final Four. So I'm like – and then you they know. usually replace our coach. <laughs> yes, but Tennessee's not on the North Carolina Duke standard. I'll just give you an example because we brought Why up Gary not? We brought up Gary Williams earlier. Gary Williams is a Hall of Fame head coach, won a national championship, was at Maryland for 20 years. He made two Final Fours. So it was once every 10 years. And so I'm just thinking, like, look, I think I think Final Four may I mean, I would give you, okay, make it make the second weekend once every five and make a final four once every like eight or something like that. But a final four every five years, that's a. You either have to go one of two routes to guarantee that that would happen. You, you find the John Calipari who has incredible ties to the AAU circuit and can get you the one and done players, or you have somebody that's an X's and O's savant. That's ahead of the game. Like I believe Bruce Pearl was at his time at Tennessee. You do you do those two things, then I'm not saying you fire a guy if he makes five straight elite eights. Don't get me wrong, but if 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 you're ending it with, oh hey, um, after this five year run, made the tournament four times, got bounced out once, uh, made the Sweet Sixteen twice, and then got bounced out in the second round. No, then you should be worried about your job at the end of five years. Man, Dave got those standards. The, there's too much money, Caleb. You were definitely the dad. You were definitely the parent that was like, my kid needs to bring home no more than two Bs and no Cs allowed on the report card. Yes, I was that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Dave is like, expectations are really high, and this is what I expect. And... You've got all this money, and you've got NIL money. I mean – Okay, so here's a question I have for you because you covered a lot of coaching hires in the past, and I think Bruce Pearl and definitely Josh Heupel kind of just told, well, Lane Kiffin more than Bruce Pearl, but really just like, you know, kind of lit this idea on fire. But 
how often does Tennessee hire or stick with coaches because they're such a good fit in the community and they, they you know, they get along with the boosters. Cause you know, Rick Barnes is this type of coach. He is a Western North Carolina Appalachian guy. You know, he fits in this community. Does that help? I, was that a reason for the re, for the, for the, for history purposes? Was that a reason they hired Buzz Peterson because he yes. was so connected to the area? Yes. And they weren't connected at the time to basketball circles. That was kind of the best they could do. They're like, oh, he was in Michael Jordan's wedding. That works for us. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much what they did. It is. And Michael Jordan didn't show up to Thompson Bowling Arena one time. Think of how much he could have helped Tennessee recruit had he showed up. Have you guys seen Michael Jordan, the NBA executive? He would go, he would be the worst recruiter ever because his evaluate his talent evaluation is pathetic. All he has to do is show up. And then Buzz says, This is the guy we really want. And Michael says, I'm the man. I'll just, okay, today's tough question a step further. In five years, is Tennessee better off if Rick Barnes coaches until he's 73 or they go get a young up-and-comer? Are they going deeper into the tournament year in and year out? Okay, look, I will say this, but I'm taking a huge gamble, but I don't know if I'm right. I will say they're better off with the young up-and-comer but again, I say that because Danny White is athletic director. If Dave Hart is athletic director, I'm not saying that at all. Well, and and you could hire a Donnie Tindall that embarrasses your program. So, I mean, that yeah. is very possible. But By the way, I'll Dave Hart, Mike Hamilton, they all should have hired Rick Bird. That was the greatest failure in Tennessee basketball. You could t- you, Rick Bird would have had the same career that Rick Barnes has had at Tennessee. If they would yeah. hired him at the same time, there's no question. And I'll say this. If you go out and you hire – an up-and-coming coach, and he doesn't pan out for whatever reason, as long as he doesn't get you in serious NCAA issues, what are you going to do? You're going to go hire another one. And that's what Tennessee did with Bruce Pearl. They caught him on the way up, partially because of all that happened with Illinois and him trying to turn another team in and secretly record people. So they were able to get a really great deal on a really great coach because a lot of other programs didn't want to hire him because he had a tarnished reputation. But the the simple fact is, Tennessee, there's 10 other coaches that are considered up-and-coming coaches right now that they could go hire if Rick Barnes retired after this NCAA tournament, and they could get the exact same result. And if that's what you're good with, again, stick with that dude for 10 or 15 years. But I think at that point, because Rick Barnes is such a saint, you would say to the new guy, unless he follows in line with that, you would say, you know, maybe it's time for another new guy. Yeah. I think Tennessee could do that. I think they could get out of contracts. I know they're joked about as buyout university, but if it takes something to, let's face it, I mean, Tennessee's still looking for the next Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl loved Tennessee. He was never going to leave. He was never going to take another job. Rick Barnes flirted with UCLA openly i don't understand what's that because he wanted to pay raise yeah right i don't understand just the blind loyalty of this is just as absolutely good as it can get and this is uh where tennessee is and just accept it had so gonzaga accepted that they wouldn't be any better so the kentucky is- fo- i'm sorry caleb had kentucky football accepted that they would still be a three and 18 
but Kentucky, look at – oh, that's a good example, though. Okay, I'm not saying Tennessee basketball is Kentucky football. I think Tennessee basketball ceiling is, is higher than Kentucky football. But Kentucky football has accepted that this is the best they can do with Mark Stoops. I still say Mark Stoops has done a better job than any coach in college football the last 10 years. To do what he's done at Kentucky, the hardest program to be successful at, and Kentucky's football program, their administration knows that about them. But Caleb, if you want to – hold on. If you want to make that comparison then, you've got to factor in – that Mark Stoops and Kentucky, they do have a glass ceiling because of the lack of in-state recruiting talent. The fact that if you go north, Ohio and the Big Ten teams are going to dominate. If you go south, Tennessee is going to dominate. You really are stuck in a recruiting sort of strange position where you can only get so much better. That's not the case with Tennessee basketball. If they go out and pick up you know, some – superstar Bronny James or whoever it might be um, then you can change the trajectory of the program it doesn't take 12 guys it takes one or two that's true the question becomes what is the style of play and this may be a different question a different day what's the style of play in basketball that's like Josh Heupel style of football that nobody's tapped into yet we should be do we should start we should start scouting some coaches Dave and see what's the style in basketball that hasn't been tapped into yet tell you it's been tapped into and it worked and i would go back and do it again amoeba defense unlv somebody mentioned them earlier and it got me thinking that may be a little bit before your time so are you aware of what <clears throat> the amoeba defense is i know of the unlv run but i don't know what the amoeba defense was no okay the amoeba defense was you had such five special athletes that you basically played four on five, and then the fifth guy, which was usually Stacy Ogman, would play the ball. Wherever the ball went, he went and covered the ball. And you didn't allow easy scores from the post. Would it work nowadays with the three-point shot? I don't know, but but it was Man, very – That would be so exhausting, though. It would, re- it would wreck you, your ability on offense because you would have – you'd be using so much energy on defense. You get so, But you get so many easy buckets, which is what they did. I mean, that, that reminds me somewhat of like a half-court version of 40 Minutes of Hell. Yeah, um, very, very similar. Yeah. So, anyway, th- there's stuff out there you could do that's different than, hey, let's go shoot the mid-range jumper and defend the post. <laughs> I mean, it just – I mean, it's hard to watch. It that's is. the one response I get with Tennessee basketball. That's the one response I get is, man, Dave, uh, Gosh, I hope they do good in the tournament, but they're really hard to watch. Really, really hard to watch. Very, very, very true. Um, you know, I think part of success is just finding a style that maybe not even is up and coming style. It's so different than what everybody has to face on a weekend and week out basis that you have to change up everything you do when you face this team. Yes. I tell you what Tennessee basketball is right now. It's it's practically it's a Lenny Kravitz album. Every year is a Lenny Kravitz album. There's one good song on there that gets you really excited, and then the other 12, 13, 14 songs are just total clunkers. <laughs> I would have said that like it's, I would... the, it's the Joshua tree of college basketball. The first three songs are great by you two, and then after that, you're like, what the hell is this all about? You know, it's funny you say that. I've always thought of Joshua Tree as a legendary album, and then I'm thinking, no, it's really the first three songs. <laughs> like, it's the first, <laughs> three, first songs. three songs, and you're in, and then you get like six or seven deep, and you're like in February waiting for the tournament, and you're like, this isn't very good. 
No, you're right. That's actually a really good point. Um, you know, some are make such a good impression. They're like, it'll be like the first seven. Get Rich or Die Trying, 50s first album, first seven songs, all like historic bangers. Go buy a Lenny Kravitz album. Pick anyone you oh, want. I bought one one time, and you oh, have a great point. One good song, it. right? <laughs> yes. And the other 11, you're like, were they even trying? He did. That's And that was what so many artists used to do. They're like, all right, let me get this one single, and I'll sell the albums, and then I'll sleepwalk my way through the rest of it. And then they complain about streaming singles and no longer doing albums. I'm like, well, that's because you guys, you're responsible for that. Yes. Um, by the way, for the message board, um, should I, I – I got two different ticket options because GNR is playing in Thompson Bowling Arena. So I got two different ticket options. I've got – no, Guns N' Roses, John, put together a great couple of albums with uh, the user illusions. But I've got two options. Caleb, which would you do? You're a huge GNR fan, right? I like GNR. I'm not like a – I'm not a stan. No. There you so. Go. Okay, so – I, I got two options. This is, if you consider where I hold him, and that is had uh, Axel not been crazy, they would have been the Led Zeppelin of my generation. But they took like 10 years off and started the band with a guy that had a, a KFC chicken bucket on his head. And so that's true. Okay, so I can go with a $375 ticket, and I'm in the pit where I have to get in the mosh pit and knock people around at near 50 years old with my son. Or you still got the first row right behind the pit and you can spend $900, but you've got to see. Which would you do? Keep in mind, there's an artificial hip involved. Yeah. I, I, it depends on your financial situation. What I would do is... It's not good enough for 900 So I'm going to be knocking people around. And that is like the second Tuesday in August. What so I, if you get a text from me at that night and I say, I'm in the emergency room, I can't do the show tomorrow. It's because I got knocked down by like a 19-year-old kid. When is somebody going to hold Ticketmaster accountable for this? Because, you know, they merged with Live Nation <laughs> in 2010. This is why the things are so expensive. Because there's a monopoly. They have an outright monopoly in the fact that the federal government approved that, that merger is just – that shows how corrupt they are. Because that is so anti-competition, what they did in 2010 and that's why these tickets are through the roof now um the artists have the artists that have some no they have no say well but they get they call it the patience package where you can get into the pit four hours before everybody else and stake out that front right against the wall it's still i don't think it's usually them this is and you get your your picture taken with a cutout of guns and roses not even really guns and roses just a cutout billboard of them Wow, <laughs> that's that bumps up the pit price from three seventy five to seven fifty. Oh lord, I'm not oh, doing that. Man. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. So you're happy with Tennessee's football program or basketball program knocking on the door? At least you think the fans are for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think this is all you can really ask for. So I mean, not all you can ask for, but I think it's. I think the grass isn't always greener. I think this is a very important tournament that if they get bounced out in the first weekend, you're going to have some fans change their tune. I think that Travis already alluded to it, that uh, he's already hearing some grumblings, whether or not he agrees with it. So there you go. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We're with you each and every weekday at 
10 a.m. Eastern time. Check out the YouTube channel. He's Caleb Gallagher. I'm Dave Hooker. This is All Folk Sports. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.